Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Well, how are we doing today? We good? I don't know. There's something about that makes me teary-eyed. I'm thinking it's dusty in the room. I think maybe we need to clean the dust out and we'll feel better about it. But man, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm a little emotional today. I can't tell you why. I don't know. I haven't watched Extreme Home Makeover. They haven't given those kids a new house yet. Oprah has not given anybody a car, but man, I'm a little emotional today. So uh, but no, hey, I, I've said it a couple times. Hopefully you've been greeted several times before already, but man, we're so thankful that you're here. We never take it for granted when you choose to spend part of your Sunday with us. Welcome to those of you that are watching online today. Uh, you know, we have people from time to time, they're like, hey, do we have anybody still watching online? I mean, it seems like most everything's kind of open back up. We usually have as many people watching online as we have in person. And so we're glad that you're here wherever you're joining us from. If you're local, if you're at work, if you're on vacation already for the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, welcome to you. We're thankful that you're here as well. Last week was a unique week. Some of you, you weren't here, and so you don't know that. But guess what? I wasn't here either. Neither was any of our staff. Uh, we did something we've never done before, and our staff took uh, a staff retreat, and it included being gone on a Sunday. And so none of our team was here last week. We just had our volunteer leaders, and they did an amazing job. And so I'm thankful for them. And uh, my brother Jason, who's a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, and evidently, according to some of the feedback from some of you, sounds exactly like me. Uh, he, he was here to preach last week, did a great job, and so I'm thankful for Absolutely, you go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't get anybody to clap for him ever, so I'm thankful that you would clap for him. But uh, no, he, uh, he did a great job. I love him so much, and I'm thankful that he was here and just continued in the series that we started a few weeks ago. Uh, but uh, it, it was just a great, great day. So thank you to our, our team leaders, our volunteer team leaders that just led so well last week. There's a lot of great things that are happening. I mean, we are completing, you know, November. There's one more Sunday in November, and so I want you to be here next week. But next week, and you heard it just a second ago, is a holiday service schedule. So it's one service, 10 a.m. So if you come for this 930 service, you're just going to have a 30 minutes to drink coffee. And so uh, we encourage you to do that. But make sure you're here for the 10 o'clock service next Sunday for our holiday service schedule. It's going to be a really, really great time together. Uh, and then uh, December the 5th, so the following Sunday, is our Kids Christmas production. It's one of my favorite Sundays of the year because you just never know what you're going to get when you let the kids up on stage. And so it's going to be great. They're going to present the Christmas story to us. And so you want to be here for that as well. And so just again, there's a ton of other things coming up. The only other thing I want to let you know about is that our Christmas services, when we're going to really celebrate Christmas in the way that we try to do so here for a generation's Christmas is December the 19th. So we want you here for that. It's two services, 930 and 11. Invite your friends and family to come be with us on that Sunday morning, December the 19th for Christmas here at Generations Church. Uh, you know, I said earlier that uh, my brother was here last week to continue in this series. We started the series at the beginning of November called Legacy Lives, and we determined in week one out of the movie Gladiator that what we do echoes in eternity. We believe, we really do believe, I'm wearing the shirt right now, that we want to live like it matters because it actually does matter how you live, how you love, how you serve, how you give, how you engage people in your life. Like that matters and God is honored by that. And what you do in your life now, it does echo for eternity. It has eternal implications. And so we want to live lives of legacy. We don't want to just live lives that matter for the days that we are here, but we want to live lives that continue even beyond. And then last week, Jason 
talked about this idea of, of legacy of the church. And he talked about you know, this unique blend of what we gather to do, that we, we worship and we pray and we confess and what the church really is and how we can pass the importance of church on to the next generation and really engage it more fully ourselves. And so today I want to continue and really to conclude that series. And I want to talk about a legacy of blessing. I recognize that uh, this week you know, is Thanksgiving week. And so, you know, as I've been thinking, and I said it earlier, I don't mean to be repetitive, but I've been thinking a lot about Thanksgiving and, and I've been a little nostalgic over the last few days, anticipating this week ahead and, and just recognizing all that I do have to be thankful for. But I also recognize because of the weight of this series and the importance of what we've been discussing that according to Judges chapter two, we are always just one generation away from a generation that doesn't know the Lord nor the things that he's done for us. And so we have a responsibility if we are followers of Jesus Christ to really live in such a way that tells those stories. And so I want us to go to the book of Genesis. If you got a Bible, I want us to go to Genesis chapter 12 and really talk about living a life of blessing, a legacy of blessing. Genesis is obviously the first book of the Bible. It's the first book of the Old Testament. And you have so many great stories that are just kind of packed into the first few chapters or so of the book of Genesis. You've got obviously the creation story. You've got kind of the first family and their story. You've got the story of Noah and, and the ark and the flood and then the, the newness of humanity on the earth. And, and then you begin to see the lineage, the, the generations of faith as they start to take shape. And one of those earliest characters in this type of story is the story of Abraham. At this point in the story, his name is not Abraham, it's Abram. And God is going to engage Abram with a covenant. And I want us to read kind of the first place that this covenant becomes fully known. And we'll talk about how it's repeated in a couple of places. Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says this. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I'll show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Well, praise God for that. I mean, that's a gospel we can buy into, isn't it? I mean, it's like amazing. It's like, hey, I'm going to bless everything you touch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these amazing. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make your name great. Everybody's, you're going to get the blue check mark on all your things. Like, it's going to be awesome. This is a gospel we could definitely buy into, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is everything you touch is going to be blessed. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you successful. And so I love that there's the promises of God here. This is incredible. And, and, and if you think that that's all there is, I'm setting you up for sure. But before we get to that point, before we get there, like it is a reminder that we all have some things to thank God for. If you have a family, even if you don't like them, thank God for them. I mean, if maybe you're dreading Thanksgiving week a little bit because your brother-in-law is going to show up and, you know, he's going to talk all the hot topics right now and you've unfriended him on Facebook, but he's going to show up across the table and like, just thank God for him, right? And if you're like, man, nobody in my family's like that. Well, that's you then. Everybody's dreading you showing up to Thanksgiving dinner this week because they're afraid of what you're going to talk about. And so if you're not really sure, what, I've got, a, I've got a, a list of safe topics you can pick up at the information center today. You can just bring, I'm just kidding, there's no safe topics. They're all dynamite. Um, but man, if, if you have a family, even if you don't love them, like just thank God for them. Like thank you God that I've got family that I'm wrestling through some stuff with right now. If you've got a job, even one you don't like, just thank God for it. And just thank God for the job that you do have. And thank God for the income that you do have. If you're retired, even if you don't like it, you know, just thank God for it. And, and here's what I would say to you. Like, find the little things that you can thank God for, the blessings of God, as he says, I'm going to bless you. 
And we all are living in the blessing of God. And so I would encourage you this week to, even before you get to Thursday, to really spend some time in prayer and reflection and determine, like, what are the actual blessings of God that I do have? What are those blessings that God has given me that I haven't really even thanked him for maybe in a long, long time? Now, I'm not saying that your life is perfect. Nobody's is. It doesn't matter what they project on social media or in conversation with you. Nobody's life is perfect. I'm not saying that it is. But here's a truth that I want you to remember. There are people praying desperately for things that you and I are taking for granted. There are people in this room that are praying desperately for some things that you and I just take for granted. There are people in this community, people in this nation, people literally around the world, that they would give anything to have some of the things you're trying to get rid of. And so if we pause for just a moment and we reflect for just a moment, even in the imperfection of our life, perhaps we would find the blessings of God there. That's Genesis chapter 12. It's really the first place that this this covenant, this blessing of God is, is bestowed upon Abram. This covenant is renewed and it's really unpacked even further in Genesis chapter 15. And we see in that place that while Abram and Sarah are childless, that God promises to them that if he were to look up to the stars, so will his descendants be. Like he's going to have legacy. He's going to have family. He's going to have generation after generation after generation to come. And yet as he gets older, he hasn't even seen the first one. Like he doesn't need a 15 passenger van. He could still get around in like a little small car. Like there's not a big family to speak of in his story at this point. We see this covenant continue to be renewed in Genesis chapter 17. This is even more explicitly where God promises him a child when he's in his 90s. And Sarah hears the same promise and she laughs and she's really chastised for laughing at the promises of God. But, but he's promised a, a, a people and he's promised a land and there is more to this blessing that we see here. But see, here's what I want you to know. The promises and the blessings of God, they're his business. How he bestows upon us his blessings as he does these things, it is his business. We can't do anything to earn it. We can't do anything to kind of get more of it, perhaps. But we just lean into our relationship with God and trust that God always keeps his promises. As if he's ever declared anything over you, anything about your life, like you just cling to those promises, knowing that God's word is yes and amen. It it is true and it's steadfast. But I told you I was setting you up. The promises of God are not that you would be rich and famous and successful, necessarily. So let's go back and reread what we read and where I put that dot, dot, dot. Let's see what comes after the dot, dot, dot in Genesis chapter 12, again in verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I'll show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Look at your neighbor and say, through you. Look at the person that was your second choice and say, through you too. It's not just that God blesses you. God uses you to be a blessing. Perhaps you heard it this way. If you grew up in church like I grew up in church, we're blessed to be a blessing. That's that's the truth. It really does come straight from God's word that God blesses us, but he blesses us so that we can bless others. We are blessed to be a blessing. All the people, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. That's a great truth. So it causes us to to think a little bit differently about thanksgiving. It causes us to think a little bit differently about our blessings and about the things that God has entrusted to us and God has given to us as the blessings of our lives. 
That it's not just about our name, but it's about making his name great. It's not just about our possessions, but it's about leveraging those possessions for the sake of other people. We are blessed to be a blessing. Now, maybe you don't love your family and you would love to bless someone else with your family, right? But how could you leverage your family to bless someone who is longing for family? I remember when I was a kid, we used to go to my grandparents' house for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And so we would do the kind of around the world thing. We'd kind of go see both sides of the family. And my dad's parents, they had a a basement in their house. And honestly, whenever you showed up, you just never knew who was going to be living in the basement. You just never knew. So we would drive to North Carolina. And I remember one time we had gotten there like right before it was time to eat. And so we come in and we're rushing in and, and, and I just go to sit at my spot at the kid's table. And so I sit down and I look to my right and there is a complete stranger right there. And I did not know who this was. And I was like, how you doing? You live at my Meemaw's house? Yes. Okay. You live at Meemaw's house. Well, okay. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. And so like that was not a rare occurrence, but here's what my grandparents had decided that they had this empty space in their house and they were just going to bless somebody with that empty space. They were, going to, they were going to take someone that was a Bible college student in their local community that couldn't travel all the way home for a short Thanksgiving break, and they were just going to bring them in and allow them to have some family over that break. Now, I'm not saying you got to do that. Some of you, that makes you sweat right now. You're just like, I'm not doing that. Others of you, like, that's a great idea. Let's, and now your spouse is sweating right now, maybe. But here's what you, maybe you have something that you can use to bless others. Maybe it's space in your house. Maybe it's skills that you have that you could give to the next generation. I was meeting a few weeks ago with some folks that have a little more life experience than others maybe in the room. And they were talking about their desire to give back to the next generation. They were talking about, you know, there's some things we'd love to share. There's some things that we would love to just, you know, hey, this is how you do this, and this is how we learned this, and try to help the younger generation, the next generation, maybe to avoid some of the pitfalls or the the pains that they had experienced in their own journey. And I would say to you, if you are a part of that seasoned generation, to look for people that you can give what you have away. And I'm not talking about money and possessions necessarily, but maybe that is a way that you can do it. I'm talking about skills and knowledge. There's some stuff you know that you could give away and it's free to you. It's just in your head and it's just kind of asleep there. It's dormant. You don't even use it anymore, but you could give that away. And I would say to you, if you're a part of the younger generation, like be a sponge, don't let pride get in the way where you think you know it all, or you don't want anybody to think that you don't know it all. Hello. Guess what? They know, right? None of us have got it all figured out. And so maybe you just be a sponge. Just find somebody that they just got a few more gray hairs than you do. And you just walk up and go, hey, I'm, I'm, have you ever done this? Have you ever, you ever read this? You ever experienced this? What did you do when you walked through something similar? Do you know anybody that I could talk to? I'm, I'm searching for answers. I'm trying to figure out how to do fill in the blank. It could be home repair and you just don't have that skill. Nobody taught you that. But there might be some men or women in this church that could help you And they would love to help you. They'd love to give an hour or two of their time to come and help you. Maybe it's parenting advice, marriage advice. Maybe it's financial. Hey, what do I, I mean, I don't have a lot of extra money, but I got like a few extra dollars at the end of the month. Like, where should I put that? What should I do with that? You know, there's a few smart Alex in the church be like, you give it to me. I'm going to return that investment really well. Don't trust that. But other people, they could give you some wisdom and some advice and some things. Just, Just be a sponge. You have some things that God has blessed you with, that if you would recognize them as a blessing, you could recognize how they could be a blessing. There are people desperately praying right now for things that you and I have taken for granted. But God promises to bless us as we are 
a blessing. One of my favorite New Testament passages about this idea comes from 2 Corinthians. And it may sound a little weird when we kind of start reading it, but allow us the opportunity to really unpack it together. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. When I read this, and, and again, this kind of hits home with some folks maybe right now, but the idea is that we receive from God everything we need. And the comfort that God gives to us is the comfort that we use to comfort other people. We don't have that ability in ourselves. We, we don't have the words to say. We don't know what to do other than what God has given to us ourselves. Like what he has given to us in times of heartache. What, what he's given to us in, in friends, in moments when we felt alone, we felt like we were walking through some tragedy or heartache by ourselves. There were some people that just kind of surrounded us. And that blessing of the ministry of just presence was enough for us. And it, it spoke to our hearts. It meant something to us in those moments so that when we encounter someone else who's walking through a moment like that, we don't have to say the right thing. There is not the right thing to say in that moment. We can just be present. We can laugh with those who are laughing. We can cry with those who are crying. We can administer comfort to them. Because what Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount is that he comforts those who mourn. We can be that kind of comfort. He uses us in that way. And so I would say to you, like, if you recognize this truth in 2 Corinthians, what you recognize is that you and I are not the end of the blessing of God. We are not the end of the comfort of God we're a conduit. We're a flow through. That God would bestow blessing upon us so that it would be poured out in blessing upon someone else. That God would comfort us in times of heartache and tragedy and uncertainty so that that comfort would flow through us to someone else when they need it as well. That we would be a conduit of the blessing of God. We are literally blessed to be a blessing. We are literally comforted to comfort others. I believe it blesses God when we use what he blesses us with. In Matthew chapter 25, there's this incredible story. It's not going to be on the screen, but it's one that maybe many of us are familiar with. Jesus is sharing this crazy, like outlandish truth. He says, when I was naked, you gave me clothes. And when I was hungry, you gave me food. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And they looked at him kind of the same way some of you are looking at me right now. Like, when's this going to be over, right? And Jesus said, no, 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 here's what you need to understand. Whenever you did this to the least of these, whenever you blessed someone that, that didn't really have a whole lot, whenever you fed someone that was hungry, whenever you gave a drink to someone that was there, you gave them a cup of cold water in my name, whenever you gave to those who were in need, you were actually blessing me. It's this cycle it's this amazing thing that we see in the kingdom of God that kind of turns everything in the natural on its head. That God blesses us so that we can bless others, but by blessing others, we're actually blessing God in return, and he continues to pour out blessing. When he sees that you and I are willing vessels, when he sees that you and I are conduits of blessing and comfort and grace and mercy and love, I believe we receive even more from God because he knows that we are trustworthy he knows that we won't store it up for ourselves. We won't hold it for ourselves. We won't have a tight fist around it like a two-year-old trying to cling to everything, saying, mine, mine, mine. We said, no, no, no. Whatever you give to me, God, I will give it away for your glory. I will be looking with eyes wide open at those who are in need. 
And God, as you entrust it to me, I promise I will trust that you can use me for the sake of other people. Proverbs chapter 19 speaks about the same idea. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has, he was given. You got pity on someone else, you give to someone else, you bless to someone else. You are not actually blessing that person, you are blessing the Lord, and he is on the hook to repay that. And so what do we do with this? What do we do with this? When you came in today, you should have received an envelope. Some of you followed the rules and did not open it. Others of you, I'm just going to let the Lord work on your heart right now. If you did walk in and you got an envelope that was empty, we grabbed maybe some of the wrong stacks. If you, if you think, man, this is like a terrible, dirty trick. If you'll just raise your hand, they'll bring you another envelope or on your way out, stop by the information center. They'll give it. You can go ahead and open it now. If you open it, there's two things in there. There's a $5 bill. And there's a little business-sized card that has the logo on the, of the church on the front side, and on the back it says, Bless Back. It says, Please enjoy this random act of kindness. Now it's your turn. Pay it forward and do something kind, then leave this card behind. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Now you can probably connect the dots. We want to equip you to be a blessing. Everybody that leaves here, you're leaving with $5. And let me just say to you, maybe that's our blessing to you. Maybe, maybe you need $5 today. And I don't make light of that. Maybe, maybe that's an answered prayer right now. You drove to church this morning saying, God, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get lunch today. And let me just say to you, never, ever drive away feeling the same way if that's ever how you drive here. Don't, don't be afraid. You come ask for help and allow us to try to do the best we can to help you. But maybe this is an answer to prayer for you. Maybe it's not just $5. Maybe it's a reflection of the goodness of God. And we didn't know that, but maybe it is. But for others of you, you're like, well, I don't need your $5. I've got $5, but I mean, thanks. Okay, you know, an extra $5, that's great. But it's not for you. This $5 is intended for you to take it and find a way within the next seven days, perhaps, to bless somebody. You're like, well, it's just $5. I mean, that's not going to bless anybody. But what if it did? I, I, I asked some questions this week online and to some groups of friends and to our staff. Here, here's just a few examples of some things that you can do with $5. You could buy someone's coffee. It may be a little more if they get like seven adjectives in their drink, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. I know that was hilarious. You could buy someone's gas. Now, it's like a, maybe a gallon, gallon and a half at this point, but you could buy someone's gas. You could buy a gift card and let them choose how to spend it. You could buy a greeting card. Go to the Dollar Tree and buy a bunch. Write a heartfelt thank you to someone and then save enough money to buy the stamps. I don't know how much stamps are right now. I think they've gone up a little bit, but you could buy some stamps. You could mail it to somebody or just do it for free and drop it in their mailbox. You could buy diapers and give them to a young mom or dad. Now, maybe not the big pack. I don't know. You'd have to put some of your own money with that. But there's some places you can buy some diapers for $5, and that would be a humongous blessing to some folks. You could leave a bigger tip than you normally would at lunch today. If it's the only tip you leave, don't leave the card. Just let that be on your name. <laughs> you could buy food for someone who's homeless. You could buy your boss a biscuit on the way into work tomorrow. 
You could stop by one of those angel tree donation sites or something similar, and you could find a tag that has something that's around $5. You could go buy that toy and donate it and make a child's Christmas. And there are tons of other options. I reached out to some friends, and I texted them. I said, hey, what's some things you could do for $5? And they sent me, one of the guys sent me an article. And so you could actually Google this. Gifts for $5 that people won't throw away. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. But I believe that God is a creative God. He created all that is and all that would ever be in the six days of creation before he rested. And I believe if you pray and ask God to help you, he would help you to get creative with how to take $5 and bless someone in a way that would actually matter in their life. We want to be a people of blessing. We want to live lives of blessing. We want to leave legacies of blessing. If we live our life and our life ends and we leave this life and everything that we have done is about what we could acquire, then all of it ends with us. But if we recognize that our life does echo for eternity, then we live our lives in such a way that we're looking for ways to bless others so that our lives last beyond ourselves. In a couple weeks, December the 12th, we're going to take up our legacy offering. This is something that we have done at different points in the past in different ways under different names. But this is not a pledge campaign. It's not to pay for the building. It's not to, it's not to pay for anything that we're already doing. Our legacy offering is for what we can do in the future. And here's what I want you to know. We don't have a number goal in mind. There's not a certain amount of money that we're trying to raise in the legacy offering on that day. But we have a participation goal. We want 100% participation. We want everyone to give something and we're going to give 100% of it away. On that day, everything that comes in that's over and above tithes and offerings, if you don't designate it as your tithes and church ministry dollars, Every single dollar that comes in, we're going to give away. We're going to try to bless other people. Here's some places that we're going to do that. There's some faith-based nonprofits here in our community that are doing great work, and it's always just about resource for them, and we want to bless them. We want to increase our partnership with those that we're already partnered with and maybe look for other new partners to help them to do what God has laid on their heart to bless the people of our community. We want to partner with them. We don't want to have to start everything brand new. We want to partner with them and allow God to use them in amazing ways to bless other people. We want to boost those partnerships. We want to boost some of our school's partnerships, the schools in our community. Some that the the students, maybe they don't have some of the school supplies. They don't have the ability to do some of the things that they need to do in the classroom. Maybe teachers are paying their own money to come up with the supplies that are needed in their classroom. So we want to continue to partner with our local schools and, and try to be a resource to them to make them do what they do and what they feel called to do easier. So we want to continue to grow that partnership. We want to take the missions partners that we currently have and we want to continue to fund their ministries as they continue to present new projects to us. And we've got some of those already on the table. We want to continue to fund those partnerships. We want to be able to say yes more often to those missions partners. And there's several other things that we want to continue to try to do. This is, hear me again, listen. I want you to know this is not for anything we're already doing. Your tithes and church ministry dollars already pay for the building and the the power and the, 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 the lights and electricity and the personnel and all the ministry budgets. This is what we can do moving forward. This is all new stuff and we're gonna give 100% of it away. And so if you don't have anything to give, you now have $5 to give because we want 100% participation. But if you do think you have something to give, I want you to pray and ask God what he would have you to give on that day. 
over and above your tithes and church ministry dollars just to say, God, I want to live a life of blessing and I want to I want to kind of have this legacy life. And so whatever I can give on the 12th, we're going to all join together and do a little so that together we can do a lot. One of the things that we're going to do is something we've been talking about over the last few years. A couple years ago, I got the opportunity to go to the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. If you've never been, I encourage you to go. I think every believer, I think every person should go to the Bible Museum. It's about 400,000 square feet of Bible history and Bible artifacts. And much of the project has been funded by the Green family of Hobby Lobby. And it is a phenomenal, it's like seven stories and you could spend, I mean, a week there and not circle back. I mean, it's unbelievable. But one of the things that you're exposed to when you go to the Bible Museum is a partnership between various publishing houses and Bible translators to try to make sure that the Bible gets into every language of, uh, uh, that's existing on the world right now, on the earth. So right now, there's about 7,000 languages on the earth, 7,000 unique languages. And would you believe it that there is actually a category called Bible poverty because of the 7,000 languages, 3,700 do not have scripture in their language, more than half. And that seems preposterous to all of us because many of us have five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve 10, 12 Bibles. I mean, we, we've lost Bibles and never found them again, but it's okay. We'll just grab another one off the shelf. And I get it. We're blessed. But there are people on the earth today who do not have the scripture in their language. And so this partnership called Illuminations has set a goal to make sure that every language in the world has the gospel by 2033. 2033. And some of you, when you hear it, you may be like some of our staff. They're like, "Whoa, that seems like a long time from now. Others of you are like, wow, that's pretty quick. It's both. It's both. 3,700 languages just over the next 11 or 12 years now. That seems like a lot. But one of the things that we're going to do with our legacy offering is we're going to partner with Bible translation. And we want to help to take that 3,700 number and just keep bringing it down just little by little. Let me give you one quick example. So we started doing some research and looking like, where can we just go ahead and immediately make a difference? One of the languages that exists right now that does not have any version of the scripture is Ukrainian sign language. Maybe you've never thought about sign language. Maybe you've never thought about the gospel, the Bible in, in languages for those that, that can't speak and those that maybe can't hear. And, and so it's like, okay, what does that look like? Well, this specific project as a part of the Illuminations Project is that they're taking the gospel of Luke and the gospel of Matthew and translating it into Ukrainian sign language and they're putting it on video so that those who are deaf have a portion of the gospel and they will continue to grow it, but they'll have these two gospels for their own discipleship, but also so that they can share the gospel with other deaf people in the nation of Ukraine. There are currently about 55,000 people that speak this Ukrainian sign language language. They, they, they sign that language. They do not have any portion of the Bible right now. And this total project for this one language is $440,000 to make it happen. And you're like, I mean, that's, that's more than I got. I'll give you five, right? But can I tell you how close we are? They've been raising money for this project, one of 3,700. They're raising money on a lot of fronts all at the same time. We're $3,800 short. Think about that. We're $3,800 from the finish line for one of these languages. Now, this is just the beginning. This is just the start. We've got other, other languages that we want to immediately partner with, but we can finish this thing. 
We could join together and we could put $5 and $50 and $5,000 together and do some of the things we're talking about doing, but we could also give and finish this out so that in the Ukraine, among those 55,000 people that don't have access They don't have access to the gospel. They don't have the Bible. There are people praying desperately for things that we take for granted. They don't have the Bible. And for $3,800, you and I can join together and we can make a donation to finish it for them. And perhaps there would be a young man or a young woman in the Ukraine who's deaf. And they've never actually seen the Bible in their language. And they could. Because we've just determined it's not about us. We are blessed to be a blessing. And so on this legacy offering day, we're going to give. You say, well, man, that's pretty big. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. And maybe not. I got enough faith to believe that we can blow that goal out of the water. But we don't have a goal in mind for the total offering. We just have a participation goal. But maybe it's not about the 12th. Maybe, maybe on Monday or Tuesday of this week, you get in line at your favorite coffee establishment. You get in the drive-thru. You're on your way to work. Or you're on your way to the store. It's early in the morning. And you get up to the window, and you pay for your coffee. And you remember, oh yeah, Sunday, Jeremy, he like cried and yelled at us for a little while. And I got this envelope in my car. And so you tell the, the guy working the window, hey, listen, I want you to pay for the coffee behind me and just give them this card if you would. Because it's not about me. It's, it's about every good and perfect gift coming from above. And you hand it to the guy and he looks at you like you're crazy. And so then you drive off and you don't get to know the rest of the story. But perhaps there's a young mom in that car back there, young dad, and they dropped their kids off that morning, and man, it's been, it's been a crazy morning. It's been a crazy morning. Like, they, they couldn't find the shoe. They were looking for, they couldn't find the shoe. The kid just went to school with one shoe. They don't know. They may never find the shoe. They're pulling their hair out. They don't know how they're going to make it. They got to get to work, and then they got to get rushing back home to get them from daycare, to get out of town, to go for Thanksgiving to grandma's house. And they looked through their car. They just needed a little caffeine just to help them make it through the day. They looked through their car and they just scraped together some change just to find the little small cup of coffee that they could maybe get here. And they get up to the window and the guy says, listen, this is going to sound crazy. The car in front of you just decided to buy your coffee. They told me to give you this. They flip it over and they read it. It's not much of an outlandish story. You don't think there's not a moment in that that car for that mom or that dad or maybe a few hours later when they lay their head on their pillow or maybe later that day when they model the same thing for their sons and daughters and they decide they're going to pay it back pay it forward when they lean their head back and they thank God for you this whole week of Thanksgiving is about us pausing to reflect on all that we have to be thankful for but are we living lives in such a way that someone is thanking God for us? Are we living lives in such a way that through us, someone is thanking God for his blessings, for who he is and all that he's done? 
It's not about being famous and having possessions and being successful and being rich. That's not what this is about. It's the fact that he says every people on the earth, moms in a coffee drive-thru and waiters and waitresses that didn't get a tip the last two parties and a kid that their name's on an angel tree somewhere in this community and someone who only speaks Ukrainian sign language. Who are they thanking God for? Do they have anything to thank God for at all? Let's be a people that make sure they do. Let's live lives of legacy and blessing that outlives us. It's bigger than us. So I want you to get creative. I want you to tell me the most creative story you possibly can of how you took this and blessed somebody. Who is thanking God for you? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. If you'd say to me, Jeremy, for me, I'm not in a relationship with Jesus Christ and all that you're saying sounds great and I want to do like, you know, random acts of kindness. But what I hear you saying is like we do this in his name. And so I want to be a part of his family. I want to be a part of this family of God. And so to do so, I need to ask him to forgive my sins and to be the Lord of my life. And I don't want to get beyond today to let that happen. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I want to pray for you. Thank you so much. If you're watching online making that decision, please let us know. Drop that in the chat. I want to pray for you and the decision that you're making today. And now if you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I want to be a blessing. I've been blessed and I want to use that blessing to bless somebody else. If that's you, would you just lift your hand, my hands up right now? Thank you so much. God, we thank you today for all that's been said and done. We thank you, God, for worship and prayer. We thank you for community. We thank you for people that are in pursuit of the same things that we're in pursuit of, just a growing relationship with you. So God, I pray now for those that are making that decision to accept you as the Lord and Savior of their life. God, would you forgive their sins and lead their lives, changing their eternity right now. God, we thank you for the faith to trust you. And God, now I pray for every hand that's lifted to say I want to be a blessing. I give up my own desires and I give up all my own kind of things and pursuit of things. I surrender those to you now. I give those away just to say, God, if, if, you, would, if you would see me as someone who would bless others, God, would you just continue to pour out your blessings upon me so that I can bless others in your name? And God, as we do that, would you be glorified and honored? This is not about lifting up the name of a church or a person. It is about pointing people to you, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Let us be that kind of people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.